Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Idaho Jones. Idaho Jones has made it their mission to make your pumping journey easier through their patent-pending breast pump bags and cleverly designed pumping accessories. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products. And we will hear more from our sponsors later, uh, but you can find them at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. See if you can give them any of your business if you need anything, because they make this podcast possible. And now Diane has our review of the week. And this comes from an email that was sent to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and there was a question attached to it. So sometimes I like to do those because I think it helps a lot of people when, you know, a question comes up. If one person has it, then multiple people have that same question. Yes, absolutely. So she says, hello, I've recently found your podcast and I found it very helpful and reassuring. Thanks to you, I learned about the merits of extended breastfeeding and now plan to continue breastfeeding my daughter until she naturally weans. I was listening to your podcast on diet and was wondering what your thoughts on peppermint tea are. I had been told that peppermint tea could change the flavor of my milk, making it unpalatable and could even reduce my milk supply. Is any of that true? Thank you so much for the wonderful info. I will definitely refer you to all the breastfeeding mamas I know. So my response to her was, because we do get this question around Christmas time, right? When like peppermint is like all the rage, kind of like how pumpkin is a big thing in the fall, but um, right, right. And peppermint and is a big usually, thing Yeah, holidays, usually, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And peppermint, uh, a lot of times people are afraid that it's going to hit their milk supply. Yeah. That's the and, thing. Usually, the my peppermint. yeah, that's usually the the thing is like they're like, oh, peppermint's going to decrease your supply. I have been doing this a long time. Nobody's ever that I know of lost supply over drinking some peppermint tea. Now, I don't know if there is some truth behind like peppermint will decrease your milk supply. I f I feel like if it's something like tea, um, cookies, you know, like at holiday time, if there's like peppermint bark, stuff like that, um, I don't think that's enough. Like I don't I don't see how drinking tea occasionally is gonna kill a milk supply. Like I would really I, I think that's a really a far stretch. So my thing would be no about this. And that's what I told her. I was like, I really feel like that is not enough. Like well, how much she peppermint is really in she tea? Heard, like, yeah, she heard that it was going to make her milk taste bad. Yeah, and I've never heard that. I have never heard of that before. It won't make it peppermint. That, it might make it taste a little peppermint. It, it, but it, it, it won't make that, it minty. <laughs> just like, like if you have chocolate. Yeah, if you have chocolate, it's not going to make your milk chocolatey. Right. I mean, yes, we know that our breast milk is flavored by things that we eat, but I don't think it's going to be that drastic of a change enough for your baby to be like, Oh, this is terrible. And I don't even know like how they would, anybody would know that. I mean, I know that there has been actual research studies done about garlic flavored milk and whether or not babies like it, which they do by the way. But according to this research study that obviously people can get research money for anything, but um, 
that is like somebody did a research study we don't on whether understand or not. a damn thing about women going through menopause, but like we know about garlic and milk supply. Right. Okay. So we we do know that babies do like the taste of garlic flavored milk if given garlic. But I don't I've never heard of anybody doing that about peppermint with babies. So likely what happened was maybe somebody had some peppermint and their baby had was fussy and they said, oh, I bet it was that peppermint. It probably made your milk taste bad. That's going to be my guess because that's what always happens with food. But I think yeah, it's people fine. People always blame it on the fine. food. Yeah. I think you're fine to, to use some peppermint. I really, I really do think it's okay. So thank you so much for the question because it does come up. So I wanted to put it out there. And you can send us your reviews, put them on iTunes if you can, because that is a really great way for us to um, kind of for the podcast to show up for other people. And we love that. Um, And then if you cannot do that, because some people can't do iTunes, which is totally okay, you can send us an email at badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And there. And thank you for, people are sending pictures. And I know we just put that out recently. Abby made a little PSA about like, send us pictures if you want. So people are doing that. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Okay. Yeah. So pictures. Yeah. We use those as like the, I use them when I'm uploading the episodes onto the website. I use them as the thumbnail because I think it's fun to have the people who listen to the podcast be the thumbnail photo of the episode yeah feature photo awesome. whatever you call it yeah so uh yeah send those and we need you know because we have so many we love all the breastfeeding photos but if there's like pumping photos or like bottle feeding anything like that is like stuff that we talk about and it's how it's working for you then we want to see those too we're going to yeah, represent everything absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. today so we're going to talk about sex oh my god it's very exciting to talk mm-hmm. about yeah. right now. It's really not. Everybody's always excited to talk about sex, except for people with children. Because <laughs> <laughs> likely, if you just had your baby, you're like, never touch me again, please. Just stay away from me. No, I've told that um, story before. Of when I had Jack, my first child, I had an episiotomy. And I was so scared to look and see what it looked like. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It was like I was tempted to. You know, I was like, I wonder what it looks like, but I'm so scared to look. Oh, God. And finally, one day I put a mirror down there and I was like, yeah, that's never being used ever again for anything. <laughs> never. I mean, it looked like Freddy Krueger had gotten me. It was horrible. Oh, so, God. Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. So the lesson there, folks, is to not take a mirror <laughs> And look. Well, you know, yeah. what is going on in your vagina? Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. I think I think you, it's better to know than to not know, you know, not know anything. Yeah. Yeah. But it no, healed, it obviously. It healed. We had another baby. We got through it. Yeah. Um, but that can be really intense. Just simply like just having had a baby. So I found some really cool things about it. Um, And I know, like, I think we did this episode or an episode like this a long time ago, like a long time ago. So um, if you're a new listener, don't even bother looking it up because, you know, it's going to be different now. But I did, I did find like some really cool stuff 
about it. And we know, you know, because if anybody is kind of like, why? I just have zero interest in sex. Like, I just have zero interest. I know my partner, you know, wants to and blah, blah, blah. But I just don't really have an interest. And that's a really normal hormonal response. It is all hormone driven. It is not. And I know like sometimes partners become a little like, or they can become a little bit like, why, why don't you want to kind of thing? Um, and they might not just not get it, you know, yeah, but they, there's a lot of, there's not, a lot behind it. They did not go through just what you just went through. Right. Physically, they're exactly the same. So they might yeah. not, they don't have any way of understanding the complete, like, life-changing experience that you, your body just had. Right. So not only are we talking about, like, the physical stuff, like Abby was just saying, like, it could physically be painful for you, or even just the thought of it, especially if you had, like, a tear or episiotomy or something like that. Just the thought of it might be like, oh my God, I can't even imagine. Um, so not even just the physical piece of it, but then you have the whole hormonal piece, right? Hormones are, are very, very flexing when you, you know, if you're breastfeeding, your hormones are, are just set up differently. And your prolactin is higher, which causes your estrogen to be lower, which means you're not going to have as much of a sex drive. And if you do say, okay, let's go ahead, you might not feel like like there's not a lot of vaginal lubrication happening because of the hormonal levels being lower. The other thing, which I think is kind of cool, is that the oxytocin, so we know that that oxytocin is like the feel good hormone, right? We know that that's like, oh, this is, you know, that makes me feel good. It makes you like, it's what's released during breastfeeding. Um, Your baby latches on, you release, your body releases oxytocin. It's what really helps you to enjoy that breastfeeding relationship. It brings you closer to your baby. It connects the two of you. But oxytocin is also released with orgasm. So you might not feel like you need that fix. You know what I mean? Like you might feel like I'm connected with my baby. I have all this, you know, connection with my baby. I don't really need any other kind of connection. You, Yeah. You might not feel that libido. Right. You might just not have one. You might feel like you're touched out. That happens oh, a lot. Yeah. Like you've got this baby on you all the time. Maybe you've got another kid too that's on you all the time. Um, you might be like, I just don't want anybody else touching me. I want my body to myself right now. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into it, right? You know, a lot of factors that, that go into why you yeah, might not body have any kind of stuff. desire. Body image. Yeah. All of that stuff. Yes. So I remember it well. And then the breast thing, like, I mean, I, you know, just, you know, probably, I don't know, for some people, you know, breasts are sexual before you have children. And then when you're breastfeeding, it's like a whole different, you have a whole different relationship with your breasts. And then it's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Don't touch those. Don't touch my baby's lunch. And, (laughs) and then if you have like, like I had nursing aversion. And I just could not, oh my God, people would come within like a certain, you know, distance of my breasts. And I was just like, 
I wanted to stab someone. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I could not take that feeling of anybody being near my breasts. And then I still had to breastfeed through it, you know, right? which is a whole different thing. But yeah, it's not, it's not fun. It's not, it's not. So one of the things that I found, um, it comes from this research study. It's kind of old. It was from, um, there's a date on this thing. I think it's like 1999. Yes. 1999, which, um, I guess is old, right? It's old now. (laughs) But what does it say? <laughs> it's old now. So it's it's written like 1999, which is kind of funny. But um, one of the things it says about the hormones, so I do want to just like touch base about this really quickly so that people kind of wrap their brains around the fact that it's not your fault, that you have zero desire. After birth, estrogen and progesterone levels decrease while prolactin and oxytocin levels increase. Prolactin, which is secreted by the anterior pituitary, stimulates the breast to produce milk. The prolactin level is very high in the early postpartum period in order to stimulate initial milk production. It drops to two or three times the usual level at two to four weeks postpartum, increasing again tenfold in response to suckling. Psychologically, prolactin induces maternal behavior. A lactating mother experiences a form of psychological tension, which can be best described as a feeling or need of always wanting to see or hold her baby. Oxytocin, which is secreted by the posterior pituitary, has two major functions in relation to breastfeeding. A new mother feels her uterus contracting during breastfeeding, and it is responsible for the milk ejection reflex during breastfeeding. But that can also happen during orgasm, which freaks people out sometimes, I think. Oxytocin has the opposite physiological impact as prolactin does. It calms the physiological tension induced by prolactin. Consequently, while breastfeeding, the mother will experience a sense of well-being and contentment. The consequences of these hormones are that each time a woman breastfeeds, she derives great pleasure from the experience and contact with her baby. As a result, all or a very great part of her needs for affection are met through breastfeeding, even if she is only partially breastfeeding. This is healthy and normal. However, one result is that the breastfeeding woman will likely have a decreased need to seek out her partner for pleasure and affection. So, and they called it like a um, affection anesthesia, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really is more about the hormone, the hormone, the hormones, the, the hormones. <laughs> <laughs> Just added my own little touch to it there. <laughs> it's more about the hormones. And what it's doing is like nature is intended for you to bond with your baby. Like you've already bonded with your partner, obviously, because you made this baby. So. This is so that you bond with your baby. This is so that you connect with your baby. This is not to be like, oh yeah, I hate my partner now. It has nothing to do with that. But partners sometimes don't realize that this is like a whole thing. You know, this is a very hormonally driven response. And sometimes I think if you don't really understand that, you're like, what's wrong with me? You know, I mean, I used to be interested in sex and I'm really not anymore. Plus you're tired, you know, like all those other things that we were kind of talking about earlier too all those different things that add up that your partner doesn't necessarily experience. Partners don't experience how tired you are. They don't know what these hormonal changes are like. You know, they're not feeling as touched out as you. Um, so it's, it's very, it's a very different experience for them than it is for you. And when you try to tell them that, I don't, I mean, it is important to have that communication. I think, um, I don't know if you had that with Josh or not, yeah. but it is important to have that communication to be like, this is just not, this is just not my thing right now. 
I I think that Josh and I were so we were both very stunned by the birth of Jack. <laughs> like we were just it just hit us both like really hard. I think he just felt the same way in the beginning. It was just like okay. We need to just this is what we're focusing on right now. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, um things change because the hormones change. It's not going to be like that forever. Right. Yeah. No. But that six week, you know how they say, oh, six weeks, you're okay to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I, I, that's, I think pretty, um, I don't know. What's the even word I'm looking for? Insane. <laughs> I mean, six weeks it's, is it's like, little, I mean, yeah, that's like, I mean, I wasn't healed at six weeks. Right. I was still bleeding at six weeks. And depending on like the type of birth that you had, yeah, you know, you might be experiencing different um, things going on with your body. But also, I don't know if anybody is listening and experiencing this, but the hormones affect people very differently. And some people have like an extreme sex drive mm-hmm. as a result. Yeah. You know, like you might have yeah, like that was in here too. Opposite. Some people are complete opposite. Yeah, yeah, that Which was definitely like blows um, my mind. Here. But I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I but know. Yeah, some I know. Are, it, yeah. like, like, whoa, what's going on? Um, should we talk this, more yeah. after a break? Yes, because I have some other cool stuff to talk about. So. Okay. I have a couple of things I want to say. Okay. But yeah, you know, I, yeah. I talk too Obviously. Much. <laughs> That's what this is about. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Idaho Jones, home of empowered pumping. Idaho Jones has made it their mission to make your pumping journey easier through their patent-pending breast pump bags and cleverly designed pumping accessories. Finding the time to sit down and pump can feel challenging, so Idaho Jones has created a range of stylish products that make pumping on the move easy. The Airedale backpack and Rylette case are perfect for carrying wearable pumps such as LV, Willow, Imani, and Mom Cozy. They're the only bags on the market specifically designed for high-tech wearable pumps. If those wearable brands aren't right for you, the Idaho Jones Pumpa Collect Collection Cups slip right into your bra and turn any pump into a wearable one without the price tag. And for the moms with the Spectre S1, simply pop your pump into an Idaho Jones Pumpa Porter belt bag, clip it around your waist, and the S1 becomes portable. With free shipping and a 12-month Warranty. Moms are saying these products are amazing in every single way. Head to idaho-jones.com. That's idaho-jones.com and enter badass at checkout. And you will get 15% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. Original Sprout's newest addition to its family of vegan products is the Bundle of Joy. This is a woven basket full of Original Sprout products swaddled in a white towel and fastened with a big chrome safety pin. The Bundle of Joy makes the perfect baby shower gift bundle or just a great way to say congratulations to the expecting parent in your life or yourself. With a retail value of over $135 is being offered at the introductory price of $74.99. As a badass breastfeeder listener, you can now take an additional 25% off of the introductory price. 
on originalsprout.com by using promo code BADASS. You can get this bundle for $56.25. That's a total savings of $60, making it affordable to give the gift of clean and safety-tested personal care products to those you care about. Uh, And we will hear... I mean, no, we won't. We just did. (laughs) We will... uh, You can check out our sponsors and their promo codes at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com in our show notes under this episode. Uh, Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in the episode. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. So do you want to go first? Since oh, I've talked um, for like the whole jo- first oh, no, 20 minutes yeah. of the show. I I, th- I mean, I just wanted to um, just make sure that we like talked about like, um, I think you touched on it before is like breastfeeding, releasing the similar hormones as are released during sex and we, an orgasm. And we talk about um, nursing aversion. Um, we talk about, in that episode, we talked about how breastfeeding can induce feelings of sexual arousal, which is yes. so completely mind-blowing and horrible. And this is, this is a hormonal reaction. It is not a sexual reaction. It's just hormonal. These hormones are all related. And so you can be breastfeeding your baby and then feel sexually aroused. And of course, there's this whole dissociation that happens because you're like, Oh my God. And it just, it it doesn't, it feels horrible. And, um, a lot of people don't talk about it and won't admit that this is happening because it just feels so icky. Um, but it does happen. It happened to me and it happens to a lot of people. I saw a statistic that it was like somewhere between 33% and 50% of people experience this. Um, but I can't verify the, um, I can't verify those numbers, but you know, sounds about right. <laughs> of my, so like this. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we, and we've gotten emails about that before too. Yeah. 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 Um, but this article, and I'm going to link this, um, 1990, research thing that I have here. I'm going to link it in the um, in yeah. the show notes because, I mean, the information is good, but it is just a little older than I would typically have, but it is good information. But they do talk about that sexual arousal during breastfeeding piece, which I yeah. was kind of surprised to see that because I didn't, you know, I mean, it's just kind of a taboo thing that everybody's like hush hush about and nobody really wants to admit, admit that it's happening or talk about it or, you know, anything like that. Like you're not going to approach your doctor most likely and say, oh, this is happening. What do I do? Um, But they do talk about this in in here about how it's common. It's not unusual. Like it it, it is common thing for to happen. Um, It It is. is. And it makes sense. If you're thinking about how all of these, everything is hormonal, right? And so these, Mm -hmm. some of these hormones are just like all of these feelings are kind of overlapping. And it makes total sense that it would happen. It's just like when you feel it, you're like, especially if you're somebody where you're, um, the breast was always a huge part of your sex life. And it talks about that in this article too, about how like society really sees the breast as, you know, as a sexual object. And 
now you have this baby on the breast all the time. How do you not like even in your brain, like you have to really separate that in your brain, too. Exactly. I know. And that's I'm, I'm that's why I'm saying. I mean, I, it's almost like you just dissociate. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, they don't make this easy the, for us, do they? No, it's kind of rude. It's like, why that? Why? <laughs> it's like, why do those things have to come together? I mean, of course, it makes sense that they it's like when you think about it, it's just like, OK, this baby was made with sexual hormones and it was delivered with hormones and breastfeeding with all these same hormones. And the, so, like, of course, like it makes sense logically, but it doesn't feel good at all. No. Mm-mm. And um, I feel like I had more to say about that, but I'm sure it'll come back to me. Um, the other thing, and and also this is like usually a little less upsetting to people, but you can leak breast milk when you're having an orgasm or when you're sexually aroused. Mm-hmm. Breast milk will sometimes come out and people are sometimes surprised, but that's also <laughs> just hormonal <laughs> and all part of it. Yeah. And they said like some things you can do to kind of control that. Because obviously you're not going to know until it happens, right? But if you feed the baby right before you have sex, that would probably be less likely to happen um, because you won't be as full. Um, You know, it's just kind of a lot of it depends on like when you fed the baby and stuff like that. So it's, you just got to kind of, I mean, some people find it like funny, like they can use it as like a, you know, um, something that they, you know, is like a funny thing that, happens yeah during sex that they maybe weren't expecting so it was just like oh my god i didn't mean to do that you know like kind of thing but um i mean if you have yeah some people do if you have a you know a good relationship with your partner i mean like you said it shouldn't be that big of a deal but to some people maybe they really are mortified by it but (laughs) (sighs) yeah i know because it's like that's never happened before i know um, so, all right. So I have this thing that I want to talk about. Okay. And this it actually came from, um, last November. So this is very current and I think it's fascinating. So it was a question that was posted on a, in a blog or sent to somebody or whatever. And it's, um, the question is, is it true or not that sex while breastfeeding destroys the milk? So, of course, when I saw, like, when I was Googling and I saw that, I was like, well, let me look at this because this is awfully interesting. So, the question is, in Sierra Leone, lactating mothers fear to have sex. The general thought is that when one has sex during lactation, the sucking child's health deteriorates, even to fatality. It is a common belief that sex while breastfeeding destroys the milk and causes the child to have diarrhea, which becomes fatal. Most of the time, these things happen as it is said. As soon as a suckling mother starts having sex, the child starts having frequent stools and sometimes dies shortly after. The cause is, I think, that's what she's saying, not me, is Mm -hmm. that once these mothers have got this notion, as soon as they have sex, they stop breastfeeding the child and start giving it foods that that their system cannot tolerate. Mm. In this direction, there is a need for wide publicity of the fact that one can have sex while breastfeeding without harming the child. This will go a long way in saving many children in Africa. Um, so th- more about this is um, how interesting to read about the widespread folk myth in Sierra Leone and also sad. I've heard about this myth before and the fact that many moms, therefore, believe in and follow 
Banfa. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. B-A-N-F-A. So there's a name for it. The tradition to abstain from sex while breastfeeding due to the belief that while having sex while breastfeeding will harm the child. Not having sex while breastfeeding is a perfectly fine choice, and the libido while breastfeeding is often low for many women anyway due to hormones. But when this fear to harm the child by having sex means that the baby is weaned early just to be able to have sex, we have a problem. And the problem, of course, is even more severe if the child is then fed with foods that are not age appropriate. Babies need either breast milk or properly prepared formula to be their main source of nutrition during their first year. Um, So... They're also saying here, um, you know, sex has no connection with breast milk. Um, it's more hormone related. The sperm remains at the level of the vagina and the uterus and never comes anywhere near the bloodstream or the milk. So the actual act of sex and what happens during sex does not impact your milk at all. But it sounds like this is... Um, not only in Sierra Leone, but in other countries too, mostly African countries, Liberia, Ghana, Tanzania, as well as other African countries. So I thought that was just fascinating because I would have never thought that that was a thing. But I mean, I know that there are different, you know, different cultures that think differently about different things. I mean, there's cultures that are like, don't give colostrum because they fear it's dirty. Um, they wait till, you know, milk comes in. Or they don't believe that there is a colostrum, so they, you know, wait until the milk comes in. But I think this is just fascinating. And well, we put babies in rooms alone to cry themselves. Yeah, to sleep, yeah, that's so. a, that's what I we mean, do in our culture. Um, yeah, that's not even like these people aren't doing that, um, right? <laughs> my, <laughs> I think that we don't realize because you're because we're so inside of our own culture that. We just think like what we're doing is normal and what everyone else is doing is just different and interesting. Um, but it's really fascinating if you actually study like culture, how deeply this affects how we do things. Like Even things that you think are just biological can be actually cultural. Mm-hmm. And it's it, people just, you know, it's hard to, to understand how deeply culture affects, you know, our behavior. But it is so weak because you're in it. You know, you're in it. It's like being in a pool and trying not to be touched by the water. <laughs> That's not, you know. Yeah. But so, yeah, there's all kinds of different uh, beliefs about that. Yeah. And I think this is just really, um, really fascinating. So, and I also like... As somebody who worked, like I worked in the hospital system and we had parents that were, you know, delivering their babies there that were refugees from other countries. And I think that's, this is a really good information for anybody to have who's working in the lactation field, because you're going to come across people from all different cultures of life. And you just, you don't know what, what their cultural beliefs are going to be regarding all of this stuff. Like just because it's what we do here, like, you know. Right. What we do here is is not necessarily the be all and end all of things. So it is um, definitely interesting, you know, when when people are like, "Okay, I'm I'm afraid to have sex because I'm afraid that it's going to harm my baby in some way." But I could totally see that being a, a weaning early thing, so that you are totally yeah able to, um, you know 
comply with your husband's needs or your partner's needs, then you would, you know, wean the baby early so that you could do that. But it's not necessary. It's totally, you know, totally safe. And, and it, she even says in here too, like, I know it's really hard to go against those cultural norms, but it is perfectly safe. Um, and that's what, you know, as long as people know that it is safe, but I'd never heard of that before. I thought that was really fascinating. So I wanted to share it, but I will link that in too, if anybody wants cool, to yeah. um, read that, or, you know, or read more about that. It is really interesting. Um, I, You know, that's also, I mean, I wonder also if... Well, no, I mean, this is probably not related at all. But um, when you talk about, you know, having a, we talk about um, breastfeeding as a form of uh, birth control. Mm, mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, not yep. having sex for a while, not wanting to, um, you know, not having the drive, not, um, and having kind of that, that those hormonal things, hormones are being stimulated in a different way now um, is maybe, I don't know, you know, your body's way of like, we can't have sex right now. We're not ready. Our body's not ready. It's not healed, you know, because your body is going to just treat sex as reproduction, right? I mean, that's what it's yeah. for. That's what but, it's for. Yeah, that's what it's for. Believe it or not. Yeah. But, you know, so yeah. So you're like, oh, I want to, you know, your partner wants to have fun sex and you're just not feeling it. And this all kind of comes together as like, you know, this is some way of natural uh, spacing of children. And that's, they do like talk about that as being nature's way. Like that is how um, culturally for... You know, generations that people space their kids is by because of, you know, you're not getting your period when you're breastfeeding because, again, of hormones. And that will cause you to not have more children right away when you, you know, when it's you shouldn't. Um, and it's I mean, there's I people will often, you know, reach out and be like, hey, I want to have another baby right away sooner rather than later. Um you know, I how do I get my period back faster kind of thing. And it's like, this uh -huh. is kind of a na nature's thing. Like we can't, we have no control over that. You know, like we really can't, I can't say to you like, oh yeah, if you wean tomorrow, your period will be back next week. Like there's no way to be able to tell that. But the other thing is too, that it's like, it's like that for a reason. And you are, you're supposed to give your time, your body time to heal. You know, you're supposed to have that space between kids because it's it's really important and that's how all of this stuff is played out like it all fits together you know everything fits together everything is done like this for a reason and it's all a very natural process for your body and we try to like mess with it so much yeah i mean yeah because we live in this world where you're not able to just naturally you know, do anything, you know, you have to go back to work, you have to think about your career, you have to think about how old you are, because people are having babies later now. And then you mm -hmm. have to, you know, think about, you know, the, you know, how far apart your kids are going to be. And can you do this while you're also doing this thing you have to do next year? And it's all. So it's like, and then and then it's kind of like also when somebody when you when someone decides to have a child like 
or have, you know, start trying to have a baby, like, man, there is no stopping people. I know. <laughs> and that drive is strong. It really is. <laughs> it really is. So it's like, yeah. all right, I'm ready. Let's go. I mean, it is It is definitely like... But then it could be difficult. So don't be surprised when, if you're trying, you know, right after you've had, or soon after, six months, whatever, that it could be more difficult. That's pretty, you know, that's normal too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally normal. But I mean, God, I re- how like I rem- miserable. I know. I remember going through that. I think Jack was like six months when we like, I can't even believe it. I cannot even believe it looking back that like we were so all so traumatized. And then by like six months, we were like, okay, let's start trying to have another one. What? Yeah. I mean, like I can't, and it's like, I don't even know. It's like, it just comes over you. It's like, what? Like I just went insane. You just go insane for a babe. Totally. Totally. I mean, it didn't happen uh, for a couple more years, but. Well, thank goodness. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, kind of, you needed that space. You, oh my God. I can't even imagine why. I, what, but you just go insane. You're just like <laughs> baby fever, man. It just takes over you. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I've had, yeah, I've had a couple. And then like, and then some people get pregnant very easily. So it's very like, it's yeah. just, there's no rhyme or reason behind things. Um, but, oh, my God, could you imagine, like, if you're somebody who especially, like, the low libido and you're like, I'm really not into this, but you want to have another mm-hmm. baby. So now you're, like, trying and you're really not into it at all. It's just like, yeah. ugh, you know, God, the things yeah. we'll do for I kids. mean, there is different. I mean, it is different. It was for me anyway. The, like, trying to have a baby sex was way different than the fun sex. Oh, yeah. It's it more of a job. Like, all right. Come on, let's, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Business. All right. I'm going to stay laying down. I'm going to lift my pelvis now. Move. Get out of the way. Ugh. You're right. here to stay I, I here remember. and like kind of let the sperm drip up me <laughs> inside me. Use gravity. I remember because my like I was actually telling my husband about this before we jumped on today because you know there's some yeah. things I don't talk about regularly. So like my ex husband had like zero interest in having sex with me after we had kids. Like there was oh. just no anything. And Tom was like well, you obviously had sex again because then you had twins. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know. But that was more because I wanted to have another baby. Um, But I was also having like issues. I had ovarian cysts. So Uh my doctor, like I had to have cysts removed and all this stuff. And the doctor was like, oh, you're ovulating between this period and this period. So that would be your best time to have sex if you want to try to get pregnant again. I remember. So I knew when I should try. And I remember having an argument with my husband about something, who knows what, with my ex-husband. And I was so pissed at him, but it was like the day that we had to have sex because it was like the day that yeah, he was like uh, the best time frame. So I had to like swallow it, which is not my thing usually because I like to be a grudge holder for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it feeds my soul to like hold grudges. Right. <laughs> so I like to, you know, I need to really stew about whatever I'm mad about for a while, but I couldn't because I wanted to, you know, see if I could get pregnant again. But yeah, was, you're <sighs> like, just don't look at me. Just here, right. I'll turn around. Just do it. Just do it and go. Just do it and get out. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Bring me the turkey baster. Don't even come in. <laughs> so it is, yeah, it is really funny, like what you'll do 
just to yeah. try to like have these kids. But yep. yeah, we had like zero. Like, I don't think, I don't think I ever had sex while I was breastfeeding, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. I mean, that I happens. I don't think it ever happened. Yeah. I don't think it ever. And I don't know if it was just that he didn't see me like that anymore or what, but yeah. I mean, I feel like we live in such a hypersexualized culture that like if you say that you're not having sex or you're going through a period of time where you're not having sex or you're not in the mood, that like you can't say that because then people are just like, what? Oh, my God, I'm horny all the time. I, <laughs> you know, it's like, God, yeah. what? I know. I know because I've had some people that were like, well, you know, I think six weeks is too long to wait for my I think, I, you know, that that's too long. I, I want to make sure my partner, you know is satisfied before that. And I'm like, wow. I mean, like, okay. I guess if that's your concern, then go for it. Right. Unless you're Um, like putting yourself through, I mean, you know, right. Don't be in pain. Like if you want, like, yeah, like whatever, do whatever works for you. But basically if you're not feeling it, it's okay. And there's a lot of hormonal reasons why, like you don't have a lot of control over some of this stuff. But it's, right. you know, and it's important to have that conversation with your partner, too, to be like, it's just so much. There's a lot going on postpartum. There's just a lot. So it's OK. Yeah, if you're and not it's interested. not it's really not OK. It's not OK to be made to feel like guilty about it. Any anything. You know, right. like you're going through enough like that's just not cool for somebody to make you feel bad about it. Right. Absolutely. But yeah, so that's all. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.